Welcome to CEO On The Go, the show about personal and professional growth for busy leaders like you. I'm your host, Gail Lance, and together we'll be exploring the people side of leadership. You'll learn how to better engage and inspire those around you and yourself. So let's get started. Welcome back to CEO on the go. I hope you're doing well. And I hope that you've had a chance to listen to the last episode that I recorded on smart succession planning. Uh, We covered a lot of good information there. And you can't talk about succession planning without reflecting on what it takes to be a great leader. What is it? How can you be the leader that you need to be to move into a senior executive type of role? So I thought we could spend some time today trying to break that down a little bit and especially to put leadership in a more simple context because so many times I think it's overcomplicated. I'll I'll speak to that in a minute. But when I thought about the content for today, I was reflecting on the opportunity I've had to work with so many smart, capable leaders over the years. Many are top performers in their respective fields. Some moved into senior leadership roles by default. Some moved in unexpectedly. Some, it was just a natural evolution and some aspired to be at the top and they really worked hard to to get there. But what I always find interesting is the concern that many of them express about not having enough leadership training or experience. Some say, you know, I got my MBA, but I wasn't prepared <laughs> to, to take over this role and not quite sure if I'm leading in the right way. So sometimes even the most experienced think that there's some kind of leadership model that they should be fitting themselves into. I've seen a number of leadership models over the years, many of which are extremely complicated, especially in fields like technology, academia, engineering. I worked with one well-known organization in the aerospace industry that had, I think it was a 17-part leadership model. (laughs) So is extremely complicated. Maybe it appealed to technical types. I could never figure out how one person would be able to, to have all the different skills and attributes that they were, were looking for in their ideal leader. But um, I've also seen some other visuals of leadership models that will make your head spin. So it, sometimes I do think it's overcomplicated. It's as though there's an expectation that if you don't fit a specific model, then you're probably not a good leader. And so I just want to dispute that myth. Some will argue that there are some key skills that all leaders should develop, but I really do think that it's a more personalized process. So I'll attempt to to simplify it, to break it down into just three of the most important components or themes that I think are essential to good leadership. So I encourage you to think about yourself and how you'd rate yourself in each of these areas. Um, One is clarity. How clear are you in communicating what you need to as a leader? Clarity, uh, perhaps around vision or key priorities or specific goals, maybe measures of success. You know, oftentimes the vision is not strong enough. It's, it's not clear enough to your team. You might have some language in your vision that says we want to have excellent customer service or excellent patient experience or highest quality product, something like that, which is not uh, specific enough. It doesn't help people truly understand what that means unless you're rolling it out in a way where you're giving specific examples. 
So I had a, a good example to share recently. I've been working with a client who's doing a, a really good job of helping his team move forward in a new way, getting the organization to, you know, to move into the, the new normal, so to speak, with emphasis on creating better collaboration. So instead of just saying something like, we're going to be better collaborators, he's giving them very specific uh, ideas about what that can look like, saying things like, we will be creating cross-functional teams so that we'll all be participating you know, together differently in some way, or we'll be identifying bigger projects that really leverage the full talent on, on our team, won't be working on smaller projects that lead to more siloed or isolated types of, of work. So he's, he's doing a good job of really trying to help paint the picture of what will be different going forward. That's a great skill. So how would you rate yourself on clarity? How clear are you being on a scale of one to 10? Another theme to think about is curiosity. Curiosity is a sign of intelligence, right? And I see a lot of leaders who probably need to, uh, ramp up their curiosity just a bit. Some are accustomed to calling the shots or telling people what to do or thinking they have to have things figured out. But as I say all the time, you don't have to know everything. It, you just have to ask good questions. So, you know, bad examples of questions to ask, since this is not what I'm recommending, is that you walk in a room and see something's not working. You go, what is going on here? Or how is this happening? Or, you know, who's at fault here? That's not the kind of curiosity that I'm speaking about. I'm talking about having a conversation with uh, one of your team members to ask, how are things going? You know, what are you seeing that needs to be improved? How can we work together better? Those kinds of light conversational questions that show genuine interest in how they're seeing the world, how, how they're faring through whatever's going on. So you have to guard against making assumptions or jumping to conclusions or, or judging what you think is happening with other people. It's easy to, to think that when you say, well, she's having health issues, so that's why she's not around the office as much. Or he just got a divorce, so that's why his performance is dropping. You really don't know what's going on. So showing more curiosity, helping people see that you have a genuine interest in them can actually help the performance and help you in your leadership role. The third theme to think about is compassion. And by that, it's compassion is more of a tone. I talk with leaders about this because when you compare compassion and curiosity together, it can be extremely powerful. Compassion might look like listening, real listening, where people feel like they're heard. So many people don't feel like they're heard. So if you can be a leader who is patient, listens to what people have to say without jumping in, um, and then offering your perspective, they'll respond to you differently. If you can integrate compassion in the way that you're coaching or mentoring others, showing encouragement, uh, emotional intelligence. So many times as leaders, you think your focus needs to be on the numbers, the data that you're seeing on performance metrics, which is true. That is very important. But if you do that at the expense of your people, then you won't be able to get the best results possible. You won't be stepping into your leadership role in the best way. So how would you rate yourself on compassion on a scale of one to 10? You might think about getting to know your team members better or through a new lens so that you can engage with them in the best way. 
shift to a more people-focused culture, understanding each person better individually. For example, you may have one person on your team who would love to talk things out. They process out loud, and you can put them in a meeting and kind of brainstorm and ping-pong ideas back and forth pretty quickly. But if you invite another person into that meeting, expecting them to respond the same, they may not because they are wired to want to slow down their thinking. They rather give ideas more thought or be better prepared or write some notes down first, and they might feel like they're put on the spot and may not be able to engage in the same way. So um, understanding the differences among people and their preferences can help you bring out the best in them. If, if you're like most of the leaders that I'm working with, you're probably managing virtual teams or, or working with people who are working from home. So one tool I've mentioned actually in the very first episode is a working from home style assessment that helps you quickly and easily identify your own working from home style. And so if you haven't taken it, I encourage you to do that. Many organizations have been having team members take it so leaders and team members can understand each other better, how they like to communicate. So this can help you relate to them better, showing more understanding, more compassion. And it's completely free and it takes about 10 minutes online. You get results instantly. So you can find it at workmatters.com forward slash working from home. It's workmatters.com forward slash working from home. And I'll include a link in the show notes. So within those three themes, there's a lot of wiggle room to bring out the best in yourself. You don't have to go about it in any one specific way. As I keep saying, each leader is unique. And I think you get yourself into trouble if you have to force fit yourself into one model. Even when it comes to speaking or running meetings or other kind of common leadership activities, some leaders think that there's a certain way that it should be done. Um, or they've been told that there's a certain way it should be done. If, if you're giving a talk, for example, I'm working with one client who has an upcoming talk and he was told exactly how he should deliver it. Um, didn't really fit him, made him feel uncomfortable. He's having to kind of undo some of what he's been taught in order to deliver what he needs to in a way that will be more authentic and more effective given who he needs to speak to. I know in my own experience, years ago, someone suggested that I become an instructor for a well-known leadership training company. I'd gone through their vetting process to be approved. And at the time, I was told I had to come out on stage and say something like, hey, everybody, it's a great day today. Let's shake hands with your neighbor and kick off the day. And so I thought, that is not me. That, that might fit some people, but it's not me. So uh, ultimately, I decided to pass, which is why I'm talking with you today. You've really got to guard against thinking that you have to show up in a way that is not authentic to who you are. I think you're so much more effective when you can be more of who you really are. And that takes courage and vulnerability and willingness to experiment. So I hope you're breathing a sigh of relief that there's no one ideal to shoot for, no one ideal leadership model. Doesn't mean that you can't keep learning and developing, but it's not a one-size-fits-all process. Uh, however, I do suggest that you keep learning and developing. is something that I do, that I emphasize, that I think is important for leaders to do. But you also have to keep a stronger focus on helping other people develop and that's ultimately what leadership is all about. Simple, but not easy to do. So I have only one question for you. Or maybe it's a one and a half question. The question is, what aspect of your leadership would you like to improve? Is it something that one of the three that we've talked about? Clarity, 
some aspect of your role where you want to be more clear, curiosity, do you want to improve curiosity, or maybe compassion, demonstrate more compassion, show up differently, maybe something else. Um, And the half question is by when? (laughs) What aspect of your leadership would you like to improve by when? So you know when I ask a by when question, that makes you more accountable. So just a little tip there. I hope that you will consider making a commitment to just moving the needle in one aspect of your leadership. It could make a really big difference. So keep it simple. Simple is better. There's enough other stuff to feel overwhelmed about, which I've talked about on another podcast episode called Overcoming Overwhelm. So as we sign off, remember to take advantage of the free working from home style assessment that you can take at workmatters.com forward slash working from home. Also available is the Leadership Journal, which you can find at Amazon. I've created two versions of it. One has a a black cover, and the newer version has a bright blue cover. They're both uh, good and still current. It's a weekly guide to help you and your team reflect on what matters. I highly recommend getting the Leadership Journal for yourself. I think you'll get a lot out of it. And since we're entering the holiday season, it would be an awesome gift to consider for your team members as well a tool that they can use when they hit the ground running in the new year. So I think that's it. And one other thought, actually a favor that I'll ask, especially if you've been listening to me for a while and enjoying these episodes, this is number 20. It's hard to believe I've done that many uh, already, um, would be to leave a podcast review wherever you're listening to CEO on the go. Um, Help more people tune in and benefit from uh, what you're learning. As always, thanks for listening. Keep me posted on how I can be of help. I hope you have a great rest of the week, leading with more clarity, curiosity, and compassion. Talk with you next time. Thanks for tuning in. Feel free to connect with me on LinkedIn and visit workmatters.com. And if you have a question or suggestion for a future topic for the podcast, I'd love to hear from you. So keep growing as a leader and doing the work that matters to you. Until next time. Thank you.